everything about you ought to preach. My pants preach. Come on, somebody, this streaming right now. Ah! Ah! My pants preach. Come on, somebody, this streaming right now. His pants preach. Yeah, they preach something, but it ain't Jesus. It is not Jesus. <laughs> not Jesus. We're not saying we know everything, but we know enough to know that this guy isn't using the Bible right. correctly at all. Let's just do this. Coat leader, ankles, mom pants. <laughs> I don't want to dress this way privately in my own bedroom, <laughs> let alone in front of people. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hit, Hit the, the bar. bar. I'm Steve Kozar. Paulette Kozar. We got Pebbles and Ginger taking a nap as usual. As is usual. <laughs> um, by the way, I was going to say Paulette. Paulette. Yes, that is my name. Yes. I, and even though you say it every single time, it, for some reason, people aren't hearing the T at the end. Are you listening? Mm. And they're calling you Paula. Paulette. And Paula is a lovely name. It's just not your name. That is correct. That's correct, Alex. Yeah. Alex. <laughs> your name is Paulette. <laughs> hey, so this is the show where we look at sermons and we hit the space bar yeah. when we want to stop the sermon and we interrupt the sermon. We interrupt each other. We're a little bit obnoxious, yeah. but we hope that you learn some things about what pastors do that are really bad, yeah. but because they've become normal, that it's, it's like, in fact, I want to use a little illustration. Please do. We're going to be talking about David Crank, who's unfortunately was forced to wear his mom's pants and shoes for a sermon. With no socks. There yeah, you go. Anyway. It's just so sad for him. <sighs> um, I was thinking about, and there's probably a better term. Put it in the comments if, if I'm missing a better term, but I'm using the term normalizing something. Hmm. And I was thinking about how, when I grew up, there were some things that were really good that I didn't realize had only just started, and in, in my mind, I thought it was normal. Mm -hmm. As an example, I was buying records, you know, as soon as I started cutting grass, I think I was in fifth or second, fifth or sixth grade, <laughs> fifth or second. Fifth. He was wearing diapers when he was yeah. started. <laughs> no, I, I, so I loved music and I would buy records, and I would buy records from whoever I liked, and I remember, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder was, and still is, one of my all-time favorite you know, if I'm in a bad mood, I just put on Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life, a double album. It's one of the best pieces of music in the history of... Mankind. Mankind. There you go. Uh, at least in the last, you know... And he, and he bought me a record. That's right. In sixth grade. Yeah. He asked me what my favorite group was, and I said America. And he rode his bike They're not as good as Stevie Wonder, though, so you're getting us off track. To the store, and he brought it back for me. And it got caught in the spokes. That's right. I bent the corner. <laughs> But the record was fine. Okay, so, but here's the thing I wanted to say. Number one, I didn't think about, was he a African-American or was right. he... I was just like, oh, I love this guy. This is wonderful music. And in that particular album, the story is, I didn't, I didn't learn this until well, maybe in the last 10 years, he just did whatever he wanted because he had earned his way with Motown Records by proving himself over and over again that he could write hits and... He was not going to do anything that he didn't... He, he wasn't being told what to do by anybody. Okay, kind of like Michael Jackson. I guess. Michael Jackson, yeah. after a while, is like, whatever you do. Yeah, and then it just got worse, though. Stevie yeah. Wonder got better. That's the <laughs> yeah. difference. That's true. At least for a period. A period. He, he, yeah. he went through like five years where everything he did... In fact, I was watching the Grammys when Paul Simon won the Grammy in 76 or 75, and he said, I'd like to thank Stevie Wonder for not coming out with an album this year. <laughs> And that's just legendary, because that was the year he was working on songs in the key of life. Anyway, on that album, 
he has a whole bunch of different styles of music. It wasn't just what he was normally playing or, or performing. There was one song called, oh, it's so good. It's a fusion song. It's, it's an instrumental. And it's absolute fusion, you know, like this real progressive rock jazz stuff. And I didn't know that it was different. I just liked it. Nobody said, oh, by the way, that's that's not whatever you thought this album was going to be. I just heard all these different sounds and it became normal to me. Another example would be the band Chicago. They did the same thing. Almost that same year, I think uh, within a couple of years, they did a, a double album and they had one side of the album was a jazz suite. And I loved it, and it was one of the things that turned me on to loving jazz, which I listen to more than anything now. But I didn't find out until much more recently that they had a really hard time with their record label, because their record label said, look, you guys make rock records. You're, you're pop artists. You know, people want to hear these memorable songs that they can sing along to. You can't put out a jazz, even a part. And they said, no, we, we earned this. You know, we've got all these hits. And don't worry, we, we will give you some hits, but we want to do what we want to do. And so for me, I thought it was normal. I thought, oh, that's what that's what you can do. And I didn't realize that before that time, it had never been done. Okay. So that's a really good, good point. That's too long of a story, I know. But hey, I have a two over 200 gigabytes free in my memory card. So this might be a long one. Oh, boy. So that's a really simple example of something becoming normal that, you know, it, it took something that wasn't normal and it made it normal so that it was a really good thing. Right. This guy... As an example of somebody who's doing something very similar to David Hughes, only he's even even more of a word of faith guy. And I'll tell you how word of faith he is. He had Kenneth Copeland guest speaking just at his uh, church five months ago. Wasn't it a fundraiser? I'm oh. talking about money. Oh, of course. Lord, there have been not knowing my left foot from my right, my hat from my glove. Lord, there have been times. Joy will carry on until the day. Why else would you have? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Kenneth Copeland had a suit and tie and he was wearing socks. <laughs> so he had that going for him. That's about all. I didn't, I didn't listen to it actually. No. So. We heard it just a little bit. So David Crank's church in uh, St. Louis is very closely connected to Kenneth Copeland. His dad actually started the church. He kind of ignores the fact that his dad started, and he acts like it's really been his, his thing right. all along. And this is a terrible, terrible sermon. It, it's You know what? It's really bad. And we've got... What have we got, honey? We've got M&Ms. From... Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you do your thing? Somebody sent us M&Ms. That was really nice because we Thank don't you. we didn't have any no. at the time. And it was already opened. I came home and they started eating them. Shout out from your Bristol, Connecticut Yay. campus. You know, um, names, names, addresses, phone numbers, <laughs> yeah. social security number. Do you want me to read it? Oh, Bill and Louise Beaumont. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you very you much. Thank you very much for the M&Ms. We nice truly appreciate card. that. Yeah, and a beautiful gift. We 
We really thank you guys. But you know, it's not just them, because what I really want to do is give a shout-out to all of our campuses all over the world. Hey, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for sticking with us. We're going to have a really long and painful video. You might want to go and get some snacks, because you're maybe going to feel sick at some point, or you're going to need something to keep you company through all the pain and trauma that this sermon's about to create for you. <laughs> and they might want to really hit the bar <laughs> instead of just hit the bar. We do not encourage that kind of behavior. We don't, but... Behavior. Oh, this is so bad. So Faith Church is the name of his church. On many levels, okay? So yeah. bear with us. A couple of things I want you to look for. Yeah. What is the underlying assumptions that he is trying to uh, say without coming right out and saying uh -huh. it, per se? Like, one of the things right away you'll, you'll figure out is that he's in charge because he's in charge. Why? Because he's in charge. He just is. And God talks to him directly and proves all of his points because God... Tells him stuff. Yeah, well, so let's just do it. Rip the band aid off. Instagram, you heard me this morning. I went out to the porch to pray, and um, Nicole's out there praying. I try to leave her alone because most times she's talking to God about me, and I don't want to bug him. And uh, but I got out there, and the Lord began to speak to me—an uh, actual a word um, that I just want to download to you, as if. Um, you were staffed because I think the Tuesday night people both here in Royal Palm and online, those are the people who really have kind of said, I'm going to amp up it. I'm going to go next level. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work out and eat right. I'm going to graduate. This is supposed to be a Christian church. Yes. Normally you would start with a scripture passage or, or a prayer or a prayer. <laughs> so I mean, either we of were, those is about God, right? He, he might have said he it might have. Earlier. He might have. Yeah. But already this is a motivational speech yeah and it's really good to be healthy it's good to lose weight when you need to do those right. things it's good to quit bad habits that's all fine but why and are we in church yeah it's oh yes um oh gosh i forgot no no we're not going to go there yet <laughs> just play it <laughs> i gotta be honest folks I made a comment on this video, and I realized that I don't know how they do this, but the comments, I think, are just closed. But it looks like there are no comments. It doesn't say comments are closed. Yeah. You type it in, and you see it, but no one else sees it. Interesting. I have multiple users, so I can switch to a different user, and I can see that the, the comment I just... Well, I have different channels I, I am, know. That's I'm what helping you do, with, right. So. so I wrote down, it's really sad that Dave has to give this speech wearing his mom's pants and his mom's shoes. I'll pray for him. Yeah. I thought it was really funny and clever, and then I realized that nobody could see my comments. So I thought, well, why don't we just... Broadcast let, it. Yeah, let more people oh. hear and see. Yes. Okay, so Royal Palm, he talks about that. He has a, a church in Royal Palm, Florida, outside of Miami, and he's going to be talking about that. And he, he talks about all the different people around the world who watch him. And I'm, I'm really... He doesn't have a... A sister church in North Dakota. No, he doesn't have one in in uh, in, in, uh, in Alaska either. Or Fairbanks, Iowa. or Minnesota, or, or Frostbite Falls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's just go back here. Now, yeah. Wait, I'm going to the next level, and it's it's you guys, and these are the people that see results. How many of y'all know you can't work out once a year and be like, "Why well, don't I have abs?" You didn't know that. Don't, I'm just telling you. How long are we going to go before we talk more about? No, he's got a. You gotta just wait. Okay, wait for it. <laughs> so, you're you're that kind of people here, and and so you, you'll get this word tonight. So I don't know how preachy I'm going to be. I'm just going to share with you what the Lord said to me. So, uh, first I think I want. Oh, he's going to get preachy. Yeah. I want to put up a slide that I keep a prayer journal, and this is something you can do, and it's a prayer journal that that that's dated uh, 
uh, Thursday, March 28th. And um, that's what... Okay, I'll just say it. <laughs> Your pants speak so loudly, I don't hear what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> I keep going... <sighs> this, you know, this it's is so a, distracting. He that, looks like he's all about his pants. Uh, and is, it's, it's embarrassing, worse. and I'm offended. I'm it's, just saying. It's worse than that. If If somebody <laughs> wanted to torture me... And make my life miserable so I would have nightmares for years on end. They would make me dress this way and put me on a stage in front of actual people. I don't want to dress this way privately in my own bedroom, <laughs> let alone in front of people. This is humiliation. This is I wouldn't even dress that way. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And if you had that haircut... I'm, okay, we're not going to go there. I'm just saying... The is pants- anybody else having a struggle with staring at nothing but his ankles? Because that doesn't seem like... The thing There's you other be doing things we're a, staring at, Christian which are not good. I know. Yeah. It's, so if you're not staring at his ankles, you're staring at something else you don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about. Not good, but this is the way it's going to go the rest of the time. Well, I think it's nice that he's out in a farmer's field right now with a combine <laughs> in the background in St. Louis. That's something. So, so grab a lot of chocolate because yeah. you need it. My day looks like I journal what the Lord says to me. Now, not every day does He say something to me. Oh wow! Just every other day. How's that work? <laughs> Uh, most of the time, he's talking to me about you and straightening you out. Okay, another thing I want you to th- I want you to think about and notice is how often he says derogatory things about his audience. I don't want to call it a church. Yeah, no. And how often does he say good things about himself? This is a man. Okay, there's number one derogatory. He's talking to me about you, straightening you out. Mm-hmm. That's why God downloads to me. He says it like it's funny, but you know when people make jokes. After a while, you see a pattern. You're like, yeah, there's something. Well, you've there. seen more of these than I have. Well, we we already did one of his. Yeah, I know. We did shoot your shot, <laughs> which was so bad. Oh, okay. that was so bad. So, so how big is this church? Does it matter? If there was five people there, it's too big. No, we. But were, no, it's big. It's you, really big. We were talking I, about, yeah. and we'll maybe sum that up at the end or some other time. I, you know what? I don't get into. I don't this. remember the figures. Okay, then thousands we'll, of people. Well, you were saying how Willow Creek. No, what I was going to say was, okay, Willow Creek and the uh, Saddleback Church, yeah. they are, in the last 20 years, probably the really the last 30 years, they are the models for the seeker-friendly thing. Okay. And we talked about seeker-friendly stuff, especially just the last video we did. Right. And Rick Warren just stepped down from Saddleback. Mm-hmm. Bill Hybels was caught in sexual problems, so right. he had to step down. No one's talking about that, amazingly. They still think he was a great man. But... The guy who's filling in for both of those is Craig Groeschel, who is, in many people's minds, a very mainstream, Bible-believing, evangelical guy. And he's actually taken over the role of Bill Hybels in the leadership conference. Welcome, everybody. It's my pleasure to announce Craig Groeschel as part of the Global Leadership Summit team as our new summit champion. Craig's been part of the Global Leadership Summit for a number of years, and we're excited about this new, more formal and long-term relationship. Welcome with me, Craig and Amy Grishel. Well, thanks so much, Tom. We could not be more honored or more excited to be a part of the Global Leadership Network for so many different reasons. And all of the uh, people who go to the Leadership Conference see Craig Grishel, and we're talking about, you know, thousands of pastors all over the country and the world. Tens of thousands, right? Yeah. They, they look at Craig Rochelle as, you know, super solid. Well, Craig Rochelle is buddies with this guy. Craig Rochelle preached at this Word of Faith Kenneth Copeland Church. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because, number one, I don't like Craig Rochelle, and it really bothers me that people think he's mainstream. Right. They think he's a... Normalized. You know, he's, yes, Let's go back exactly. To, that's what you were trying to say. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up again. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. We're seeing right. the most extreme types of either p- absolute pure word of faith heresy or really close to it becoming right. the mainstream right. so that the mainstream is now heresy or very close to being heresy. And all these guys say some things that are true. Which is why it's so deceptive. Yes. Which is why you need to have your Bible cracked open and you need to be totally on it while listening if what... Whether it's this or especially or at your church, right? Yeah. If you see patterns in your pastor that is similar to what somebody like this guy is doing, you don't need to ask us or really no. anybody, is my pastor good? Because I don't know. He seems like, well, if he's doing the same kind of stunts right. and the kind of mind games mm-hmm. and the manipulation tricks, then you need to find a better pastor. The other thing is when he, when he said that sometimes you know God doesn't speak to me, it's like, He's he's not acknowledging how Holy Scriptures is God's word to us, and that's what the Holy Spirit uses to actually speak to us. God speaks to us through the Holy Scriptures, and He does not identify with that. Well, and He he is, at at this point, and just like everybody else we we've reviewed. Yeah. Whenever God talks to David Crank, God somehow sounds exactly David like David Crank. Yeah, right. yeah. Although I don't think God would wear those pants, and He would wear socks. Yes. I didn't mean it. No, I really didn't. He's got them trained. But I was at, you see that picture that was there you did for a second. It was just a picture I was on this on the beach there in West Palm praying, walking around and I it, I was on the beach at West Palm praying. His <laughs> life's what rough. A holy man. What a holy man. Instagram live from there a Inst- Instagram it, live, that's what he does. He prays on Instagram live? Yeah. I, all of a sudden, the sun. I also <laughs> realized I should have put a compressor on this because his volume is going up and down. So that's why you see me reaching the yeah. knob. Sorry about that. Began to hit me like these lights, and that was just beaming through me so strong, and I could feel God. And I looked around, and there was nobody on the beach, which is another thing. I was like, "Wow, this is a miracle! Nobody's on the beach. There's footprints everywhere, but nobody was on it but me and the Lord." In the True sand. story. And I felt this thing hit me, and mm. I don't know, you know, I think it's kind of weird. Every day you go out to the beach and people are out there doing weird stuff, you know, and I'm not against yoga, but they're doing weird stuff. Like, ah, 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 and you're like, wow. Okay, so, but I kind of felt a yaya moment. Come on, somebody. I was like, man, ah, ah, man. Somebody, write down how many times he says, come on, come on somebody. somebody. I wonder who came up with that first. Was it him or Chris Hodges? I really don't care. Whoever <laughs> whoever came up with it first should have their mouth taped shut for for the rest next, of their life. Yes. <laughs> Glad nobody's here. But I could feel the sun beaming through me, and here's what the Lord said to me. Shut he up. said, your 50th year hmm. will be the year of Jubilee. Somebody- so, numerology. We're going to hear a lot of numerology from this man, and... Please tell us what numerology is. Well, numerology is. Is, is basically a form of divination. And when, what is that? Divination is a form of witchcraft. When you're trying to use, you know, some outside... Uh, a, Signs? Um, it's actually like a it's like a uh, evil version of sacraments, really, when you think huh. about it. You're using some physical thing. In the case of numerology, it would be numbers. You know, you're seeing patterns of numbers and right. you're trying or to read... Or it's the same one. Another term would be reading omens. Reading omens. Which is strictly forbidden. This is a man who doesn't know how to use the Old Testament, though, so he's probably doing the same things that he's heard in everybody right. before him. He, he doesn't know anything about theology. And he comes from that background that says, well, studying theology is intrinsically bad. Mm-hmm. So you get to make it up as you go. 
and they don't really make it up as much as they they first see other people making it up. Mm-hmm. So you follow people like Kenneth Copeland, and then you and then you just get worse as you then make up stuff with somebody like Kenneth Copeland and Word of Faith teaching as your okay. foundation. So just just we're gonna hear a lot of it. Just notice right. it. And he's gonna pull things out of the Old Testament that are not his to pull out, and he's gonna apply them directly to him. It's like you're taking a puzzle piece and it doesn't fit. You're gonna make it fit. Right. Yeah. Have you heard me mention that just a little bit, but I'm going to go deeper into that because there's a lot more now that I know than I did then. He said, your 50th year will be your jubilee. And I want you to shout jubilee. No, don't. Don't shout. So I left there and he began to speak to me because as you know, the Lord spoke to me that we would have four. The Israelites had a thing called a jubilee where they were supposed to every 50 years, they were supposed to do things to kind of get things back to normal when when things like, were out like of balance. debts would be debts forgiven. Would be forgiven. How about uh, slaves would be freed? Is that also? Yeah, it? there's something about mm-hmm. slaves. I forgot the exact details. It's been a while since I yeah, read about into that. It. But you cannot apply those things to you and just say, I decided because I hear God in my head that yeah. the, the year of jubilee from the Old Testament, which was supposed to be about the Israelite people, now applies to our particular right. church. Another thing I want you to notice, and if you're going to a church where this happens, I want you to be aware of it because it's a really bad warning sign. Everything is not specifically about the Christian life in general. It's about the church, this particular church with this particular leader who's getting very specific messages from God. And he's yanking things out of the Bible, mostly the Old Testament, and he's going to apply them not to the church in general, it's to this one place. And everything he's saying is not to help people in their Christian growth or their Christian life or just the sharing of the gospel in general. It only applies to this church because he's building up his church, which is in many ways more like a business. Okay. A real pastor would say things that would apply to anybody at any church, if you're interpreting scripture. Now, if you say something about, oh, you know, we've got an issue with our church, we've got to fix something, that's different. But when you pull things out of scripture and you say that they apply specifically to your church and your church only for this particular time, that's a real misuse of scripture. We're banner years. And if you're new here, I'll just kind of recap that. The Lord spoke to me, I think it was in October, um, you know, and said, hey, the next four years would be banner years leading up to the year of 2020. And in 2020, Second Chronicles 2020 said... There we go, 2020. He's, not, 2020. he's not using the, the actual verse in the way that it would normally be used. He's... This is he's cramming it in. Yeah, 2020. This sermon, by the way, was in 2019. Okay, this was 2019. So banner years were coming, you know, okay. COVID and everything being shut down. Those are the banner years that would start in 2020. The banner years. You look that up? I am. Genesis. I think he might say it, but I don't remember. Okay, because believe you the prophets and so shall you prosper. The Lord said, He's a prosperity guy, so that makes sense. That in the year of 2020, you will see with 2020 clarity the fullness of the vision that I have for you. So the vision that God has for you will come clear in 2020 because the vision is actually not from God at all. It's actually what this guy is going to tell them is from God. And, you know, there and are things that can happen that are we look at and say, wow, that's a coincidence. Or we can read things in it. And the devil's right there just saying, yep, just keep following the, brun- the breadcrumb yep. trails because now you have a different God. You have a different... It's a familiar spirit it, can actually give you actual knowledge about things to come to distract you from your actual Christian life, to lead you away from God. Yeah. The, the devil doesn't show up with his pitchfork and his red jumpsuit. It'd be a lot easier if he did. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's much sneakier than that. So 2-2020, um, it's a, uh, let's see, It. the title is, Enemies Destroy Themselves. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Teko, and they 
And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God. You will, your, the Lord your God, and you um, will endure. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. So this was about a specific time and place. Was it written to David Crank? It was at not. Faith Church it was not. In the year 2019? Because I don't no. remember that part. Nope. I remember it being written to somebody, but it was to somebody else. Nope. Yep. It's. It says to. The Levites from the sons of. From the sons of. Can't. Coronites stood up and praised the Lord, God of Israel, with a very loud praise. They rose up early in the morning. So it's actually the group who was the Levites. The Levites were talking to God and praising him. He's ignoring that. He didn't didn't read that part of the passage. If my will is done, he began to say all the things that would happen in our lives. It's phenomenal. We said that to me like in October, and then it was getting ready to turn January, and I was pulling out of my subdivision here in St. Louis, and I heard the Lord say, he says to me, he says, are you ever going to Google what banner year means? And I thought, well, first of all, it's kind of funny that God uses Google. Come on, somebody say amen. Right? That's God true. knows I use Google, right? And God's never had to Google anything. If you Google Google, it's God. God knows Google. He is everything. But he knew that I would look. So I began to study Google. You know, I thought, that's a good idea. So I went. So you have to actually believe that God said to David Crank, when are you going to Google, what was the word? Banner year. Banner year. Mm-hmm. Or just the word banner? Mm-hmm. Banner year. Does that sound like the God of the Bible? That he talks to a guy like this who wears his mom's pants and shoes mm-hmm. and tells him that, hey, when are you going to Google that word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you've really got to take this giant leap to be uh, trusting Again, enough. this is normalized. Exactly, yes. You've you've done this. Yeah. And you've only read the Bible when he's pulled out a verse here and there and you thought you were actually Because he's something. the guy on stage. Mm-hmm. He's the one you're... He's got the pain. mic. He's got the mic, and he's got success written all over him. <laughs> to the office here in St. Louis. Depending on, on how you <laughs> d- define success, uh, he's got other things written all over him. <laughs> so I began to study that out a little bit of banner year, and he said the next four years leading up to it would be banner years. And every year has been God's incredible favor. I'm talking our, our income would go up, our outreach would go up. We had never planted so many churches. We had never bought ambulances in other parts of the world. Come on, somebody. We had banner years. Then every year, every 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 weekend, just about, we would hear banner year testimonies of people who had their expectation high in in, in, in the banner year. Now, now, here's the part that really gets good. So I thought, you know, okay, 2020, there it is. Well, the next screenshot is going to show you John 4.35. This is a screenshot from my iPhone today. While I'm thinking January is the start of 2020. Typically, that's when the ball is going to drop in New York City. That's when you would think it would start. But the Lord speaks to me and He says, The banner year will start for you and your church, for the people that will believe it. It'll start in the month of September. So He says, Say not- Matthew 4, what? 25? I... Ankles. <laughs> ankles. I, 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 I don't know. I keep getting a picture. <laughs> I feel like God's speaking to me. Cover I'm getting the a word. ankles. Change those pants. <laughs> Not it's four months to harvest. So I looked that up and I put it four months to harvest. Then I, obviously the next shot is a screenshot from my calendar. So I want to and see so Matthew. Guess how many months there are. I thought One, it was John. Two, no, three, or John. Let's September, go. Where was he? In New York City. Yeah, John. Yeah, John okay, 435. Let's just pause the Lord's it. Number. John 435, because he keeps talking and then I get all messed up. John 4, 
35? You can make up absolutely anything you want if you use the Bible this oh, way. Oh, yeah. And five different, well, 500 have, different people will have 500 different versions. So who's right? How can you test Nobody's it? Right. Yeah. You can't test yeah, you it can't. if it's true or not, if it's a true word from God. Okay, um, 425? No, 435. <laughs> okay. Ankles. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I tell you, raise your eyes and observe the fields that there are white for harvest. Okay, Jesus said to them, I'm going up to, let's go up to 33. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to him, my food is to the will, I'm sorry, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I tell you, raise your eyes and observe the fields that they are white for harvest. And number 36 is, already the one who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the one who sows and the one who reaps may rejoice together. Number 37, for in this case, um, the saying is true, one sows, another reaps. 38, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have come into their labor. So that's Jesus. I'm going to read the notes here, because I'm pretty sure that the study Bible will tell me something about David, David Crank. Crank. Ankles. <laughs> there are yet four months. Probably a proverbial saying used to contrast the period of waiting before harvest with the urgent necessity of realigning priorities for spiritual harvest. And then on the word harvest, on wheat and barley harvests, see calendar, page 262. Oh, that's another that's another note I have to find somewhere else. No, I didn't see David Crank in there. Uh-uh. That in 2019, the new year would start in September. I don't see that in the Bible, but that's what David Crank is telling these mm -hmm. people because he hears directly from God. Mm-hmm. You'll have to pay attention to follow this. Don't go to Walmart on me because I'm telling you, this is spiritology. The things of the spirit are deep. The things of the spirit are types and shadows. And God, the Holy Spirit, wants to speak to you and take you to a place. And this, the types and shadows are about Christ. Right. They're not about him and his church and his plans. Mm -hmm. So this is a half-truth at best. Mm -hmm. And that's how you trick people. Mm -hmm. You don't say, hey, I'm going to say something that's really not biblical at all. Because <laughs> I want to manipulate you. So he's actually using the right terminology, but he's using it in the completely wrong way. Good point. That you've never, ever dreamed of. I could not possibly dream today... I wouldn't have been able to dream 10 years ago that my life would be like it is right now, that we would have the impact, that we would be live streaming live around the world globally, that the Daystar Uplink truck is sitting outside, that we're broadcasting to a $2 million campus that's paid off that somebody gave us in Royal Palm. I would have never dreamed that, but God saw that. and Somebody really dumb gave them a $2 million piece of property. That's not God. Pathetically. Not pathetically, but prophetically burst that through to me. So if you'll grab a hold of this right now, you'll be like the woman with the issue of blood. You'll have a point of contact. Listen to this. Now, ultimately, I know for the theologians who might be watching, well, Jesus is our Jubilee, and absolutely. And today I asked him, I said, now, I know you want me to preach that at Dominion Camp Meeting in front of a bunch of scholars and theologians, and how do you suppose I deal with Jesus being our Jubilee? He said, well, you tell all those professional preachers that people need a point of contact. In other words... So I'm going to bypass all the theologians because God told me to. So there is no room in this scenario 
for an objective person to study the Bible and to come to any conclusions that the Bible itself has. The Bible actually interprets itself. Right. And that's what good theologians do. He's making it sound like good theologians are non-spiritual people who are just intellectuals who are just trying to... Not into people. They don't care about God. They don't care about no. anything except just being smarty pants to make right. everyone else feel bad. This guy's obviously not intellectual. Right. He's probably not very intelligent at all, just smart enough to manipulate people. Right. So he has an audience that taps into that. Mm-hmm. He's, his audience is like him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds insulting, but... I mean, let's just kind of be honest here. Right. Just listen to the way he talks. Listen to the things he says. He's tapping into the lowest common denominator so that he can manipulate them. Because normal people who are thinking for themselves and have... Critically have, thinking. Critically thinking. People who have been raised in an environment where you're taught to think for yourself. <laughs> right. doesn't mean you're born smarter. It just means no. that you weren't raised in such an environment where you don't know how to think for yourself. He's taking advantage of people who don't know how to think for themselves. And he's making them feel good about how they don't know how to think for themselves by saying, yeah, you know, all those smart people out there, they're not spiritual anyway, so let's just ignore them. Right. Because, by the way, I'm hearing directly from God, and whatever I'm hearing from God is, is the truth. That's a cult leader. That's exactly what a cult leader does. There's no difference. Right. The only difference is he says more things that are true, whereas a cult leader, you know, uh, if, if you were to try to create a category, a cult leader would say something really extreme like, you know, Jesus wasn't God. Right. Or the Trinity isn't true or the Bible isn't really the word of God. The thing about a guy like this and a lot of the people we reviewed is they have almost all of the elements of a cult leader. Mm-hmm. And they, on top of that could say, well, no, you heard me that one time talk about these orthodox, doctrinally correct things. Look at the belief statement we have on our church website. Right. It's it's close to being a normal, you know, it's, there's nothing cultish about that. And it's like, well, yeah, that's true, but that's not what you talk about on a regular basis. Bait and switch. Yes, it's the bait and switch. <laughs> Thank you. They all know that I'm Jesus and I'm their Jubilee, but nobody's actually putting a, a demand on their faith. Nobody's saying, in 2020, I will beat the cancer. In 2020, my daughter will come out of the wheelchair. In 2020, I will overcome this depression. In 2020, alcoholism. Somebody ought to help me right now. Will you put a demand on that? Now, yeah, I don't remember that part. Which one? He's saying that... <laughs> When, when people say that these Old Testament types and shadows yeah. point to Christ, he's right. like, well, yeah, that's true, but right. nobody's, nobody's really putting a demand on our belief system. To until, demand from Christ that so that's our why faith will make us... People come out of their wheelchairs and right, stuff in the year 2020. And I'll be healed from whatever. You know, I was just on their YouTube channel, and I don't remember seeing any videos talking about all the testimonials of what came true after he made these grandiose claims. Yeah. He's probably so modest that he didn't want to brag about mm. all the great things that God Except was he doing. brags about a $2 million building someone gave him. Yeah. I promise you, this is a conversation I had with Jesus today. If you don't believe me, talk to Jesus. <sighs> cult leader. If that's not a cult leader, then there is no such thing as a cult. We're all just making up Christianity. The Bible isn't true. There is no right, God. There right. is no Jesus. It's all just pretend. We're all living in a fantasy world. So if you think, you know, like um, we get comments from people who say... Oh, so you got your, you think your, your theology's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Okay, that's a, that's a straw man argument. We didn't get on this channel saying, hey, we're, we're the only ones in the entire world who are correct and we know everything. Right. So listen to us. No, we're pointing back to the Bible, which is what all Christians have right. always done. 
We're not saying we know everything, but we know enough to know that this guy isn't using the Bible right. correctly at all. He has it framed as a prop for crying out loud. Yeah. See? Yeah. It's a prop to just show what he underlined and how he was right. He will misuse the Bible he's over and over and over. He's taking the Bible and he's saying, see, this is what I did, and now this is what I created because I did this. And I... It's really bad. That is a problem. He said this to me and it broke my heart. He said, so many preachers and so much of my church. They only celebrate me one time of the year. And I'm a little baby. An ornament under a tree. Okay, what church is that, David Crank? Right. Is that another straw man? Exactly. Yeah. We're the one church who celebrates Jesus all year long. We're the only ones. And Jesus told him this morning how sad he was. Yeah. They if you think... have a problem, talk to Jesus, because he did talk to me. Yeah. Cult leader. But they never put a demand on Jubilee. But he said, if there was ever a church that could grasp a hold of the goodness of what I am and who I am and what I possess, not just to bless them, but to change the world. And they put a demand on the spirit of Jubilee. He said, you know what? The whole world would look way different today. Where is it in the Bible that we're supposed to put a demand on the spirit of Jubilee? Why didn't Jesus teach that to us? Why didn't Paul teach this to us? It's Why didn't not in the Timothy Bible. teach that? Why didn't James mention it or Matthew not, or none, John? None of the writers of the Bible mention this new idea. No, it's a new idea. Oh, that's right. Jesus told him directly. Yeah. That's why it doesn't and need to be And you got to grab it from the Old Testament. So it's okay. It's okay. Jesus said so. Because expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Ankles. When I think about the blues, and I think it's great. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles is another catchphrase. It's not in the Bible. And it does not... It doesn't work. Right. And it... it Ruins people's faith. It's, it's a word of faith thing. It's yes. basically saying that you can cause things to happen if you have enough expectation. Right. God's hands are tied. God right. can't do anything until you get excited enough or do whatever. Something. Enough. you got to plant enough seeds. It's a special something you, you, you got to find. And if you can't find it, well, then you're in a trouble, aren't why, you? Why do they really talk about expectation? Because all of these people have been let down by this false teaching right. over and over and right. over. So they got to keep saying, well, hey, you just have to have more expectation, which is how you send people away completely defeated, yes. losing their faith entirely, yes. or they become delusional, crazy people who seriously have a sort of mental illness. And they keep coming back for more because yes. this is where the truth is. According to them. According to them. Ingles. Everybody yells, you know, yeah, go blues, it's great. Go Cardinals, it's great. Oh, now he's going to talk about it. People get all excited about their favorite sports team. We've been hearing this our entire lives. Right, we have. It's the dumbest analogy. I ever. think it's wonderful if you go to a game. But I never want us to be offensive to Jesus when we're more fanatical about a hockey game than we are about Jesus. We're more, more fanatical about a Cardinals game. Come on, somebody, than we are about you. And go to the Cards game and have a Jesus shirt on and go, Go, Jesus! Go! Get away, started. Everybody! Yeah, yeah, okay? So go to the game, but go as a representative of the Jubilee, Jesus, our Redeemer, our Baptizer, our Kinsman Redeemer, the one who died for us, the one who lived for us, the one who was resurrected for us. I wish I would have somebody sound amen to this right now. Come on, world, Paul. Come on around the world. So that's a little bit of truth right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there it goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Be fanatic. Truth nugget. <laughs> Where'd it go? You know, I also wanted to build my case for people who would say, just preach a sermon, preacher. I have been fortunate enough to help build this church. 
And uh, all of it was built from... Pack your bags, you're going on a guilt trip. <laughs> the inside out. You can build your organization, your life from the inside out. Nothing go. happens Let it ride. from the outside in. It all happens, you know, from the inside out. Everything starts with a thought. That affair you had, it started with a thought. That affair you will have, it's starting with the thought that you have. He just uh, spoke that it into dream the you have of building that organization or having those children, whatever it is, where the mind goes, the man follows. Hmm. So, these things right here represent just... By the way, that's only partially true. It's not a biblical concept at all. It actually comes from a whole series of teachings going back to the 1800s that generally is categorized today as the new, new age or the new thought Good movement. point. Really good point. This idea that, I mean, it's it's sort of true. Yeah. Whatever you think about, you kind of go in that direction. Right. But you don't cause things to happen right. by your thoughts. Right. That's where the the word of faith people they they confuse us and God, which is an incredibly bad error to make. <laughs> is it? Are we talking about God? Or are we talking about ourselves? I don't know. Mm. Eh, whatever. It's close enough. <laughs> That's what they tend to do. Two. I just grabbed two. Back it up a little bit because he's talking about himself. He's talking about himself. We have a lot more. That's so, weird. Here you go. Where the mind goes, the man follows. Hmm. So, these things right here represent just two. I just grabbed two because we have a lot more. But I want to talk about right now because I want you to grab a hold of this by the end of the night, Royal Palm. I want you to get a hold of this before we leave. That's why I cut the worship down to 14 minutes tonight because I had this. I got to get this inside you. So this right here. I got to convince you of this thing I'm about to do. And he has more than two. I'm just, let's yeah, keep going. Yeah. Is a Bible that. In 2008, I opened like I'm opening this for your Jubilee 2020. This Bible will end up getting framed Ankles. because of the stuff that the Lord showed me here. Mom pants. That has the building in it that we will see by January the 31st, 2020 in West Palm Beach, Florida. And it'll have a picture on it with this Bible in it. Come on, somebody on here. You'll see. Come on, how many of y'all believe me? It's pretty easy to do it now. It, by the way, it's really easy when you got a bunch of people going, yeah! None of you guys were here when we did our city, so and it was hard, but now it's easy. Which one do you think is more um, obtrusive? The bulge on top of his head? No, never mind. <laughs> because there's a bunch of people like, we're taking that hill! I'm like, let me tell you which one before you start running. Come here. Go through growth track. Get in the connect group, okay? Because you're like, I'm going to kill him. I'll get it. I had a guy the other day in the lobby. He's like, I will die for you. I will do anything for you. That's I will. Leader. And I go, you're scaring me. <laughs> so I, I, God speaks to me in 2008 through this Bible. And I, I feel that he's telling Thank me, don't wonder, don't waver, don't wait. 2008 is going to be great. While you're wondering, wavering, waiting, people are dying, going to hell. You're catching fish up there through the power of television, but you don't have a boat to put it in. And you're throwing them right back in the water. So I need you to believe me for in a boat. So then this former bar came up for sale and a bunch of squazillionaires in St. Louis bought it and they redid the carpet and they redid the roof and they redid the ephus and they got permits to get the sign this high. You could have never gotten the sign this high in that area unless there was a lot of bribes and chicanery and a lot of who knows who. We could have never done this as a church, but the Lord knew uh, when they go broke, my name will be lifted high above all their enemies. I'm just telling you, this is the way it goes. To do this, you got to put it in parks, send guys to Tahiti. We didn't have to do any of that. 
So then we come in and now I need direction. Now remember, write this down. Direction and correction comes from spending time with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Direction and correction comes from spending time. And I'm for church consultants and I'm for business consultants. But you got to be careful the consultants. Because here's my view on consultants. They you. come in. They, Thank you. They look at your watch and tell you what time it is. Then they take your watch and leave. But you need some coaches in your life. So people that come alongside you and... <laughs> he needs a fashion coach. Just saying. He needs a lot more than that. But just, just a little tip there. We found that... I find that socks tend to be a good fashion choice for the male in particular. <laughs> so when you talk to the Holy Spirit, he will talk to you. And if you say, good morning, Holy Spirit, he will speak to your human... I also find flood pants to be a problem. And this is something I've been aware of since I believe it was the third grade, but it may have been the fourth grade. It's been a, it's been a while now that flood pants were generally frowned upon <clears throat> by all the members of my yeah, my male community. We we picked on people with flood pants. No, I'm not proud. I'm of not that. proud of that because we it, were in, grade in some together. cases they were kids whose yeah, parents didn't just, have. Yeah, sad. that's sad. But he's got a lot of money. Yeah, he shouldn't be wearing flood pants. Right. Recreated human spirit, and the Holy Spirit says that He will lead you and guide you with peace. On the inside, you'll just, I don't I feel a check about that. I know. So now he also leads us through his word. So now God, everybody's telling me, the experts are saying, don't buy there because there is no people that live there. So God gives me Psalm 37 and I underlined it here. It says, uh, fret not thyself because of evildoers and those that prosper their way for they shall soon be cut down, go bankrupt, go away, wither like the grass of the field. But you trust in the Lord and do good. So when you see somebody using these <sighs> Psalms about God protecting his people and, and punishing the bad people, and they always refer to themselves as the good people. They're not the sinners. They're not the bad people ever in any of the stories in the Bible. That's a real problem. Because what the types and shadows, again, in the Old Testament are pointing to is not to us as the victors. Mm -hmm. They're pointing to Christ as the only victor. Right. The Savior who would come to redeem the world, who would take away our sins by dying on the cross, by right. atoning for our sins. He's ignoring all of that. He's putting himself and his church, his organization, his business in the position of the victors. And God is on their side because they're so good. There you go. And the meek shall inherit the earth. And the Holy Spirit said, would you write city there? And I go, earth. The Holy Spirit doesn't talk to people this way. The Holy Spirit doesn't tell people to write. Holy into Spirit the... says I should have more M&Ms because <laughs> that'll help me get through this terrible sermon. There's cities in the Bible. Then I go down in another verse, and it says, And the meek shall inherit the earth. And the Lord said, Would you write city there? And I wrote, I said, Nicole, earth cities in the Bible. We, we don't need any more research. We're going to buy the building. God's going to give us the building. And now it's one of the biggest churches in the state of Missouri. Somebody ought to shout amen right now. Come on, I think somebody ought to shout amen. Hallelujah. I know, you're looking for a treat. I don't somebody have any ought to shout guys. amen. Sorry. We started giving them carrots. Yeah, they like carrots. Mm -hmm. We should have a bowl We should of be them eating here. carrots. I know we should. It'd be too noisy though. Yeah, it would. The crunch. That's why we have to have candy. We it's do. it's for you, the, the viewers. Mm -hmm. We did it together. You gave, you sacrificed, you prayed. You were with me along the journey. I couldn't have done this by myself. No, 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 no. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I couldn't have done this by myself. Yeah, no, no, listen. Of course. Here's just another one that I threw up here tonight because obviously we got a lot of campuses that it take forever to go through everything we do. So now I got a different Bible. Seeking God again. Mm. Matthew six thirty three says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You gotta write that down. Seek Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first, not last. Write first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things. I sped him up again. The ings will be added to you. You missed it. So oh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. That was his a righteousness and all these things, housing, bling, bling, cha ching, cha ching, the ings will be added to you. The bling, so now, cha ching, I'm, cha ching. Okay, yeah. just so you know, God says that if you seek the kingdom, then you'll get bling, pa ching, cha ching. Yeah. He, that means he's money. Working and, for him. 
I mean, these ridiculous clothes that looks like they belong to his mom are actually very, very, very expensive designer clothes. And he's wearing black patent leather shoes, which I'm sure are not cheap. They're, he's one of the guys that was on Preachers and Sneakers, sneakers I believe. Yeah. Seeking God again. It's our 10th year of ministry. God leads me to Jeremiah 32, and it says, And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in his 10th year. We looked this up earlier. It's absolutely pointless. Every, it is. every passage in the Bible has nothing to do with him and his church. It's no. just got the word 10 years in there. And he's, using he's applying it to himself. N- numerology. It is a form of numerology to right. say that God's telling me 10 years means such and such because yes. I found the, hey, hey, the, hey, hey, the hey, phrase hey. 10 She's years going. somewhere in, in the She's Bible. She's moving. <laughs> she wants to leave. She, yeah, she wants to leave. You want She's not. You don't put the bowl with her down there. Okay. By the way, in case you're new to our show, we have our dogs with us because we're in the basement and they will make a bunch of fuss up the top of the stairs right. and bark and ask to be part of the show. So that's why they're here. And and I'm going to go all the way to the beginning when we started this. We that had our Lucy. dog, Lucy, and she looked a lot like um, Ginger and she just died in April. So that's how it started. She would cry because she wanted to be with us. Well, then she became a part of the group. Our our she would howl at the end. Our team, yeah. yeah. And so uh, when she died in April... We got these two. Yeah, they're 10-year-old bonded females. And um, and uh, they came up... good. Yeah, they yeah. came up from Alabama. So we talk about them because we do. and uh, That's our shtick. And, and actually, Ginger had her last shot for heartworm. And so that's why she's shaved off on her patch and her back. Yeah. She's doing much better. She's just finishing up medicine. Um, is she hobbling over there? Okay, let's keep going. Okay. Rain. Like, oh my gosh, that's code. I'm in my 10th year. God's speaking to Jeremiah. God's speaking to me. This is 2014, by the way. He's not Jeremiah. Jeremiah the 19th, 2014. Then he says to, to, to me in here, he says, hey, the word of the Lord came to me while I was in prison and said that my uncle wants me to buy the field. And I said to him, I cannot be by the field. He said, it's your... It says Genesis 2, 2, but I don't know what that's referring to because it's not what he's saying. Right of inheritance and, and I need to make a new covenant with you in the name of this church, said new covenant. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my uncle's field. It's a church. I don't really know him, but it's the family, the body of Christ. It's all... Omens, and omens, goes, omens. Prison, but sign the decree. And it says, Jeremiah, to sign the decree... In prison. And the Lord said, you're in prison. I said, how do you say? He said, you have, you know, $10 million. You're in prison. I'm asking you while you're in prison to actually just go ahead and extend your stay in prison and do what I asked you to do here and buy your uncle's field. Well, guess what? All that was in there. And you can physically go touch it if you want. It's in our, uh, where is it? Well, in spring. And you go over and you can touch it. But you couldn't touch it when it was on the inside of me. I just knew we were supposed to go there and start a church. I knew that there were hurting people there. I knew that God was leading me. Then, through this general direction, I got specific direction. Now, I want you to write this down, Roll Paul. God will give you no specific direction until you follow his general direction. I'll say it again. He will give you no specific direction until you follow his general direction. Okay, write this down. What passage is that from? Right. So, until you read the Word, do what you know to do, he's not going to give you more information. Why would these people be reading the Word when the pastor himself doesn't read the Word? Right. And I do mean, what you're told to do. Well, how are you told? But how am I going to do... I don't have a I don't I don't have an uncle with land and I don't have the I'm not in prison and I don't have ten million dollars and he's manipulating people into becoming team players who do whatever he says. Right. That's it in a nutshell. Because you can't apply this to your no, you life. Can't. You can't. We and we tried. We were in this camp yes. for a while. For because why would he wait a long about? time? Because he's too busy talking to me about stuff that I need to do. What I need to straighten out. So he's like, hey, just just go do Did you hear that? Talking, do what you know to do. He's not gonna give you more information because why would he waste his breath? Because he's too busy talking to me about stuff that I need to do. 
So God's not going to talk to you until you do all the stuff that you're supposed to do, whatever that is. Whatever that is, because he, why should he waste his breath? He's too busy talking to him to tell him what to do. So yeah. that's what's important. That's really bad. That's incredibly that derogatory. The, it is derogatory. Towards the people and towards Again, God. Again, yes. Yep. What I need is right now is like, hey, just, just go do what I say to do. Trust in the Lord. This is a, a leadership narcissist, egomaniac. With all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in some of your ways. No, I'm spending on you. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will direct your path. Success in life is this. Simply making more right decisions than wrong decisions. So direction and correction would manifest through his word and through your spirit man, and then you would be able to know... Your spirit man is another word of faith thing. People by the fruit. So you can know that this ministry is of God when you see churches being built and planted where families are staying together, people were heroin addicts that came and got delivered. People, I met a Jehovah's Witness last night here that said, hey, I'm in a small group, I'm playing volleyball, I was Jehovah's Witness, I was turned off at church, but I came to this church and I began to cry. I met a person who's bound by heroin who said, I was going to my, my meeting, my recovery meeting, it wasn't going good, but I saw these people and I came in and I heard them singing, how great is our God, and now my life has forever been changed. Somebody ought to help me right now. When I think about World Palm and, and Andre's story that we saw this week, and there he is serving tonight. When I look at the row of people that are there, that your lives have been changed. When I look at Cynthia Mandel sitting on the front row who has lost, I think, 180 pounds. She was suicidal because she was molested as a child and, and it gave her an eating disorder and she wanted to die. But because you guys uh, served in the television ministry and you bought television time and you seated in the ground at West Palm Beach, Cynthia Mandel lost 180 pounds. Four years later, is now flying in this week to St. Louis for the second time to go to women's conference. Come on, somebody. That's how you know them. You know them by their fruit. You know them by Okay, you know it by their fruit. This so is, let's go to that scripture verse. Um, actually, I have a, a, an article that was one of my biggest articles in the past called yeah. Diffusing Demonic Dirty Bombs. Yep. And it was 20 different things, kind of thought-stopping devices. Yeah. And I'm actually in the middle of rewriting it, giving it a, a different name. And it's, uh, well, here. I've got my computer right here. And, and you know what? This is your show. I can do whatever I want. That's right. Uh... How do I expand this? Hang on. And I, it's going to be called the cluster bomb of bad ideas exploding inside the church. Hmm. Because they, these ideas tend to be linked together. A cluster bomb is a bomb with a bunch of smaller bombs inside. Here's a here's a little video of what yeah. a cluster bomb looks like. That's a graphic illustration. There you go. Um and fruit on the tree. I, I'm, I'm turning this into a two-part article. Uh, but this was one that I've heard over and over again. Look at all the fruit on his tree. He must be blessed by God. With all those new people going to that church, you just know it's being blessed by God. And I write, and this, this is just a brief little summary of this problem. Fruit on the tree does not mean many people coming to church. Here's the only thing that can be said for sure about a church with thousands of people attending. The pastor is being paid a large salary. That's, mm -hmm. that's pretty much the... Seriously, that's about all we can know for sure. Oh, and they probably have a good worship team, a soft rock band. When Jesus told us to look at the fruit of a teacher, he was telling us to compare the teaching and the life of the teacher to Jesus. It should look the same. Any pastor teaching things that are contrary to Jesus is a false teacher, no matter how many followers he has. This is related to the next one. But he does everything in the name of Jesus. He must be okay. Think about it. If Satan wanted to operate in the church, and he does, would he do it in his own name? Would he show up in church in his bright red jumpsuit and give himself away? 
Does any deception announce itself ahead of time? Deception is about pretending to be something else. So uh, this is this. In fact, I hope to get this article posted by the time this video comes out, Good. and I'll put a link to it. And then we're going to make videos about these topics. Good. Which is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. So this whole idea of fruit. I mean, you could apply this to the Mormon Church. Right. And then using the same exact argument, you'd have to say that the Mormon church is a legitimate church because they do good works. They have a lot of people who used to have problems in life. They were on drugs. They were uh, alcoholics. They were right. whatever. Pick the bad thing, bad habit. And Mormonism has helped them. Therefore, it's true. Right. It's not a good argument. No. I'm preaching better than you're giving me that Tiger Woods golf clap, but we'll give you one more shot in a minute. So what did you just say? I'm preaching better than you're giving me that Tiger Woods golf clap. So he's he's scolding his audience who yeah. just clapped for him that they're not clapping enough. Right. What Good kind enough. of person does that? Somebody who's not right. Yeah, somebody's not right. Well, we can al already tell that by everything else. The mom pants, mm -hmm. ankles. No better for you. So that builds my case that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that builds my case that I know what I'm talking this about. This whole sermon is basically it's, it's a speech. Oh yeah, it's, it's not, not a, a sermon. It's a. Um, it's not teaching anything except what a terrible person he I is. I saw this illustration. Terrible situation this is. I, I heard this illustration many many years ago, and it was of a pastor in his notes, uh, where you write down what you're going to say, mm -hmm. and then you put something in parentheses. Yeah. And in parentheses, he wrote to himself, "Pound pulpit. Point is weak here." <laughs> So, you know, yeah. make a big deal out of the thing you're saying because it's not a very strong point in and of itself. It's yeah. A, it's really weak. But if you pound the pulpit, this guy has to do stuff like that constantly because his points are terrible. So he has to scold his audience in advance. This is a narcissist. Now let's go to Leviticus 25. Don't bother. The Lord spoke to Moses. Who cares? Because it doesn't matter. See? On Mount Sinai, saying, "Speak to the Did children just go of back. Israel." I go said, back. "Speak to the children." This is how he phrases it. Okay, thank you. Twenty-five. And the Lord spoke to Moses. And by the way, I put, "And the Lord spoke to David." On Mount Sinai, thank you. saying, "Speak to the children of Israel." I said, "If you go to a you church with, it, a, you with, it. with a pastor who does that, you need to leave that church. You don't need to ask somebody. You don't need to think about it longer. If you have a pastor who inserts himself into yeah. the Bible as and, Moses, as Moses, and also just." changes the meaning of the Bible right. to suit his own purposes because he heard directly from God and he scolds people like this man scolds people, please stop going to that church. I, and I really mean that. I'm not trying to be clever or something. That's a really bad church. And there's so many of them, it's become normal. For it is. That's people. normalized now. Yeah. And and can... Here, we go back again. Yeah, go back. Press. Let's hear it again. You know about the So that builds my case that I know Price. what I'm talking about. Now let's go to Leviticus... 25. And the Lord spoke to Moses. And by the way, I put, and the Lord spoke to David on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. I said, Speak to the children of Faith Church and say to them, When you come into your land in West Palm Beach that I give to you in 2020, then the land shall keep its Sabbath. In six years you shall sow into your field. In six years you will gather in your vineyards. And right there, I showed you that prayer log where the Lord spoke to me at your Jubilee. And about two hours after that, I had a meeting with Jonathan Stockton, Joel Stockstill. Remember Joel preached the other day here? Joel and I met at Starbucks, profound theologian. And I began to share with him what the Lord said to me. And I said, um, I'm going to go home and study this out. And right after that meeting at Starbucks, I went home and this is where God, God gave it to me. And I was reading it with Nicole. And Nicole said, you know what's interesting about it being six years you'll sow? She said, we bought our condo six years ago this year in Florida. 
And then we went on television way before we started the church and we were just seating in the land. I remember driving around some days on Sundays when we were there and we had a guest speaker or something or I had a video going and we just took a weekend off. And I remember driving around the city of West Palm going, it's really weird to see churches and not a lot of them, but some churches and it seems as if I should be in one. It seems like I should start one. But we were sowing in to that land and it says here, six years. Are you following me right now? I don't know why he doesn't bring it up, but in the uh, Believer's Voice of Victory, the Kenneth Copeland magazine, he talks about how ever since his dad started the church. Who's dad? David Crank's dad. So he was in the magazine? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was in the, the previous video we did on him. I did some, okay. a little bit more research. And they sewed into Kenneth Copeland's ministry early on. Okay. Uh, in fact... Um, Who's the yeah, other his guy? dad did over and over again. I remember you were saying that. And that's David the, Crank's dad did. So now he's not telling the people to sow into Kenneth Copeland's ministry. No. Why they, do you think that is? Because they need the money. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when he talks to Kenneth Copeland, and Kenneth Copeland is on is, is watching him, he'll talk about, oh, Kenneth Copeland is great, blah, right. blah, blah. But when Kenneth Copeland isn't in the room, he's like, hey, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Man, if you're following me. Six years you shall sow into your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit in. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath, a solemn rest of the land unto the Lord. Neither you will not sow in the field nor prune your vineyard. What grows will be your harvest. You will not have to reap of your grapes of the unintended, unintended vine. Uh, but this year will be the year of rest. And the Sabbath will produce the land for food for you and for your male and female servants and your hired servants. In other words, we'll have enough to do whatever we need to do and the produce for food. Verse 8 said, and you shall count seven Sabbaths, seven Sabbaths, seven Sabbaths. Everybody shout seven Sabbaths. No, don't. You shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times, seven years. And time of the seven Sabbath of seven years, you will have 49 years and then you will cause. So we need to, I think, point out that God did make certain numbers work in the Old Testament. Seven days. Six days to make the, you know... Create the world. Create the world. Seventh day he rested. Um, and I haven't studied all of the numbers of the Old Testament and what There's that a, meant in the Jewish world and culture, yeah. but it does not mean that it works... For him. For him, right. So I want to acknowledge that while Scripture talks about specific years and how many and, and why it keeps occurring and all of that, that's not the discussion we're having today. We're having a discussion about him inserting himself in Scripture, taking those years out as his own, Mm -hmm. taking out, you know, Jerusalem, you know, Israel. Now, it's his whatever campus it is. And that's what we're talking about today. The notes in the Lutheran Study Bible that I'm using here, just referring to the first seven verses of this chapter, trying to summarize it. Yeah. It says, just as humankind needs a Sabbath rest, so the land needs rest. Because the land belongs to God, it was returned to him every seventh year. All we have belongs to the Lord, our Maker and Redeemer. Honor him with your property and life, even as he blesses and prospers you in his loving care. And in the in this uh, study Bible, they have a lot of little prayers. So it says, <coughs> excuse me, it says, Lord of heaven and earth, may we never forget that we all that we all have, including the salvation of our that all we have including the salvation of our souls, is provided by your gracious hand. That's right. Amen. That would have been so much better for him to say, but he's turning all these passages into something about him and how great he is. And what you have to do so that you can reap something and have some reward, and you're a part of something really important, but you better be doing something. It's all, it's all something. Get to work. Yes. The sound of the trumpet of Jubilee. Everybody shout Jubilee. 
you shall cause the sound of the trumpet of Jubilee will sound on the tenth day of the seventh month of the Day of Atonement, and you shall make a trumpet sound throughout all the land. The Day of Atonement is really important. He's skipping over that. Right, right. It's, and then that's, that's that's a world changer. Hello, Jesus. That, that points to Christ. Right. And that's the, not enough. No, he's... Christ is not enough. Right. And if you listen so to this bad. guy, you'll hear him refer to Christ dying for your sins every once in a while. Once in a great while. And this is a point that I keep making over and over again. If you go to a church and the guy doesn't talk about the core, most important thing in the Bible, but he only brings it up occasionally and he layers all this other stuff on top of it, I think it's actually in some ways worse mm -hmm. than a guy who never mentions it at all. Oh, right. Because it confuses people. Yep. If you're a genuine Christian, you're trying to do the right thing, yep. but you're being manipulated, mm -hmm. I think it's really easy for you to go... Well, I, I don't think he's that bad. I know what he meant. I know what he meant. Yeah. Right. We did he, that for a long time, too. He mentioned that thing about Jesus, and that's, you know, that's true. Yeah, it's true, but if you don't mention it all the time, it's kind of the same or worse than not mentioning it at all. Right. So this is what a theologian's job really is, is to help you focus on the right things you, and to help you understand the, the secondary things and how they point to that primary thing. Yep. He's doing the opposite. He's taking the secondary things and he's pointing them to himself. Right. And there's no mention of Christ being the atoning sacrifice for saints right. for the whole world. It's just, everything's just flipped upside down and turned inside out. So when you're talking about, you know, the pastor sometimes mentions this and then, you know, if you're a Christian, you want to do right. And it kind of reminds me of, this day and age, being in the medical, the medical world itself, if you have an illness or your child has an illness, and you go to a doctor and you don't necessarily really agree with the what their di diagnosis is, are you just going to lay back and not do? And your child's getting worse? No, you're going to say, okay, maybe that's not the one. Hmm. You have to be aggressively looking for somebody who is the best and who knows the most for your health care. Um, you know and. And a doctor. I had to do that several times and uh, with myself and with our kids. But anyway, I think you need to do that. You need to be aggressively aware of who's feeding you from the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, More I mean, so than your physical. When you when you use the word aggressively, we don't mean to be really mean and angry. No. But to be really diligent. On, diligent. On the alert. Just like you would, you know, an advocate. Be an advocate for what's being fed to you spiritually. Take, take responsibility for your own spiritual life. That's right. Life. That's yeah. right. That's what we're trying to help people to do. Lamb, and you shall consecrate the 50th year to proclaim liberty. By the way, liberty actually does mean jubilee. Now, let's break this down a little bit. God has cycles. People have cycles. Everything is a cycle. Everything has a cycle. We have winter, spring, summer, fall. Everything's cycles. And God put a cycle together and... He demonstrated the cycle in Genesis 2, verse 2. He says that on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. It was a Sabbath. So God was demonstrating to us a cycle that we should work six days and rest on the seventh. And this happens every week. And there are 52 of these in a year. Then if you do the cycle of seven, you run theologically. Theologians know this. There's the cycle of seven sevens, which is 49 years. And then when you get into that 49 years, you get ready for the 50th year. And in that 50 year, it is just super, almost like a super bloom. It is a super jubilee. Everybody shout a super jubilee. So the reason why I'm excited about it is I turned 50 this year and there's a lot of prophetic overtones for me. And you might be, well, I'm not excited because I'm not turning 50. I'm turning 19. What does this mean for me? I'll turn it 85. Well, here's the interesting thing about a banner year only being, you know, our jubilee only happening, you know, a mega banner year jubilee only happens 50 you know, in the 50th year. So most people only experience this one time in their lives. Unless you live like Arden and 
He's 150. <laughs> Three times. Come on, somebody shout amen to that. So, what is God is saying to me is that the anointing that He has put on my life to do what I'm called to do, that, like on Aaron's beard, is flowing down and has to the whole church. All of this is not because of me, but you should have seen it without me in the sense that God wanted to do these things, but it was a bar until it was birthed in me. And then out of me, through the direction of the Holy Spirit, God led me to talk and be humorous and funny and whatever I do within the church grew. And then lives are changed. All because of Jesus, but he needs somebody. And I'm not trying to impress you because God originally used Balaam's donkey. Jesus. Let's just listen to that again. Well, here's the interesting thing about a banner year only being, you know, our Jubilee only happening, you know, a mega banner year, Jubilee, only happens 50, you know, in the 50th year. So most people only experience this one time in their life. Unless you live like Arden and he's 150. <laughs> Three times. Come on, somebody shout amen to that. So what is God is saying to me is that the anointing that he has put on my life to do what I'm called to do, that like on Aaron's beard is flowing down and has to the whole church. All of this is not because of me, but you should have seen it without me. How many ways have we heard the Aaron's beard thing used? Remember that was in the Todd White's new mm -hmm. church that fell apart mm -hmm. about 20 minutes after they started? <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that God wanted to do these things, but it was a bar until it was birthed in me. And then out of me, through the direction of the Holy Spirit, God led me to talk and be humorous and funny and whatever I do. And then the church grew and then lives were changed. All not teach the word of God. Right. He's like laughing humorous and whatever I do. Yeah. He, I don't teach the word of God. I wonder if the church grew when he wore his mom's pants. I think that would be a hindrance to growth. <laughs> I don't understand that. But oh well. Because of Jesus, but he needs somebody. And I'm not trying to impress you because God originally used Balaam's donkey. Come on, somebody shout him into that. Yeah. So yeah. all I'm saying is God needs somebody. So expect the banner, your jubilee blessing that is coming on your pastor in the 50th year, 50th year to be yours, not just in the year of 2020 as in the calendar year of January, but as in September, say not four months till I start my resolutions, till I get my breakthrough, till I see the fullness of God. You're saying I'm starting. Come on, somebody ought to help me right now. Roll Paul, I hope you're doing better in St. Louis. Yes. I see you. Yeah. So allow that, that jubilee to come out of you. Now, jubilee, I looked it up and studied some more about it. In the seven cycles of the seven years, the 49th year, the 50th year, that word actually in the Greek means dektos, meaning the year. Check this out. This is the literal meaning of the Jubilee year. Dektos means the year of free favor, the year of free favor that God profusely abounds toward. So is he going to point to Christ? No. Why should he? It's all about him and his his church so free that favor, he birthed. Free favor to me sounds like the free gift of salvation. That's what a Christian would normally think of when right. they would right. hear something like that. But that's not what he's going to talk about? Let's find out, shall we? So, profusely. Anybody ever smelt something profusely? Maybe an old lady who used way too much perfume? Come on, somebody. Anybody go, oh my Come on, God. somebody. Come on, somebody. This is God saying... Did you hear the, them? The, the, the he just, he Come just on, somebody. Anybody go, oh my God. Profusely. Just this is God's, God's name in vain. The, the, the favor in Hello. the banner year of Jubilee is going to be it's going to be so pungent. It's going to be so full of favor. It's going to be full of uh, audacious, bodacious, beyond your wildest dream. I'm talking $21 million building for $6.3 million. Come on, $8 million building. That I didn't even know God was going to give us that building. There's people that are sitting in that building. I didn't know we were going to have that building two years ago. It was this banner year. Praying in the Spirit. Feel like I got a holy aggravation? 
I told Nicole, we're going to move the offices in West Palm. She said, it's just too much money. I said, I feel like I'm supposed to move them. So I started looking at buildings and I looked at one. I thought, that's too big, That's too big, but yet it's not big enough for the church, but it's too small. And I was walking in there and there's a big pile of keys and the Holy Spirit said, pick up those keys. And so I asked the guy, I said, is that all trash? He said, yes. I said, there's 150 keys. Can I just grab one? And he said, yes. So I picked up the pile of keys, put it in my pocket. And every day I was praying over it. And then a, a couple months later, uh, I'm praying and the Lord says, say it at church. So I'm at West Palm Beach. It's kind of a building like this. And I'm up preaching. And I said, God's going to give us a building uh, for our offices. We can't have church in it. But I see an office building that we have about 120 seats or something so I can broadcast there on Tuesdays when I'm here and you can, you can grow. And so some guy comes up to me and says, I actually own a church. I'm, I'm, I'm in the trash business. I'm the biggest trash provider in South Florida. And he's also one of the biggest givers at our church. I didn't know there was so much money in trash, but I'm like, man, I like trash. <laughs> and uh, he said, you know, it's a couple million dollar building, but I always looked at it and thought it was too small. We, you know, we had bought it, didn't even know what to do with it. But if you want it, you can have it. I said, where's it at? He said it's in Royal Palm Beach, Florida, on Royal Palm Beach Boulevard. I pull out the keys at my house, and the pile of keys that I picked up 45 minutes away from there. It'd be like I'm in East St. Louis, and now the building that he's going to give me is in Sunset Hills. And I pick it up, and the key ring says, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, Royal Palm Beach Boulevard. God is my witness. The whole staff saw it. Everybody, I got loads of witnesses. This is real. Come on, somebody shout amen. The Holy Ghost knows everything. And I know some people are like, that's so out there. I just can't believe that. Well, it's because you're not a believer. You need to get saved, and then you'll become a believer. because. So you don't need to believe in Jesus and no. Bible. Just believe in him. Believe in him and his stories. Right. Because if you don't, then you're not a believer. That's amazing. Isn't that something? There's well, so many layers that are so bad. This actually is no different, though, than what uh, Remnant Radio's been doing with Sam Storms. By the way, right. I got a couple of videos that are super detailed, and there's a Taking a long pieces. time. They're taking a long time. Just like his paintings? Yeah. He's found yeah. that he just can't let it go. <laughs> he has to keep digging. Uh, but again, if you go to a church and you're hearing more about your pastor and his stories, and especially these stories, you know, I this I, this guy told me this thing and he drove three hours and said, I don't know why, but God told me to tell you this. And, and it's got something to do with the number 12 and purple. Right. And I, there's a guy named Charlie. Does that mean anything? Well, as a matter of fact, that ties in perfectly. This is like reading omens. That's right. And... Um, this is how you justify a church when you don't have good doctrine. You don't just point to the scriptures and point to what God has clearly written about himself. You point to all these breadcrumbs. This mystical breadcrumb trail leads people to go further and further away from God. And that's exactly what I see this right. guy doing. Have you ever heard of an unbelieving believer? I believe, believe that God can do whatever he wants to do. And I believe he can do it through whoever, whoever he wants to do it. So it's true that God can do whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that we have to believe whatever this guy says. But he's tying those two things together as if it was the same idea. And there, there has to be, and there is, Scripture telling us what we should not be looking for. What we should not be doing. We shouldn't be going to psychics. We shouldn't be going to get, go for readings. We shouldn't be going into divination. So God has given us parameters on what is correctly hearing his word because mm -hmm. we are fallen individuals and we will be deceived if we're not careful. Because and you know what? Deception is you don't know you're being deceived. And the only way you know is by being in God's word. So, And if it's true that this kind of constantly looking for signs... right. And taking things out of context from the Old Testament and using the numbers and patterns oh, yeah, and right. words to, to insert it into your own church. Right. Why did Paul never instruct the people? That's right. He was instructing the churches how to 
run church. He right. was actually talking to Timothy. Right, yeah. And he was telling him, here's the things you should be doing as a pastor. He never mm -hmm. once said, make sure you go back to the Old Testament stories and right. find patterns and things so that you can hear directly from God. Every right. time they were in a synagogue teaching and preaching, Paul, yeah. it was to point to Christ. Right. Same with Peter, point to Christ. That's why they were, they were, what do they, reconcile the scriptures? They were trying, they were... They were trying to find... Did the, did the Old Testament scriptures point to Christ? Right. Like in uh, Acts chapter 17, the Bereans yeah. were more That's noble right. because they were seeking the scriptures to right. see if what Paul was saying was true. That's right. And and they were, they were uh, scripture to this day has kind of set them aside as a special group of people who were doing it right. Yeah. And, and the people at this church are doing the opposite. Right. They're just listening to whatever this guy says. They're yeah. not checking the scriptures to see if it is so. Because he's the mouthpiece for God. Yeah. The cult leader. So let's keep going. Ankles. So dektos means the year of God's free favor abounding to you profusely. Then I looked up more of this. The Hebrew word for jubilee, that was the Greek word, the Hebrew word for jubilee is the word jobel. That means the trumpet. And when the trumpet is sounded in the year of jubilee, it's meant flee your fields, stop your labor, and enjoy the free favors of God's blessing on your life. So in, in, in September, here's what it's going to look like at this church. Somebody between now and then is going to learn how to blow the shofar at each campus. We're going to have shofar blowers at each campus. And they're going to, it's going to sound like, burr, burr, something like that. I know it sounds horrible, but that's the way it sounds. <laughs> that's pretty good invitation right there. I think I might be Jewish down deep, I'm just saying. So we're going to sound it. And I believe we'll sound it for 16 months. And we're going to go, when that trumpet sounds, and we're in the year of Jubilee, and God has unleashed the Joe Bell supernatural favor in our life. It means flee your labor. Now, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm saying that you're going to keep working, but now you're going to work with a sweatless anointing, with an ease anointing. It's going to be fun going to work. It's going to be fun growing your business. Come. So again, this was 2019, just before 2020, when a lot of people lost their jobs. That was not prophesied. No, he's talking about how great things are going to be. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Come on, somebody shout amen to this. I'm talking about God's supernatural Jobel profound anointing upon your life. And it's starting in September. I said it's starting in September. Now, I can't preach this on a Sunday yet because they're not ready for it. They don't know nothing about no shofar. Like, Who's my shofar? I didn't even know we had a limo. What's up with that? Where's my shofar at? You know what he sounds like? He sounds like, um, oh, the guy with the jets with the white hat hair. Jesse Duplantis. That's what he just sounded like. Oh, yeah. Now, Jesus, of course, is our jubilee, but I want us to keep the switch of faith turned on with a holy expectation that the jubilee is happening. Jesus is but. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real problem right Jesus there. Jesus is but. But we're going to turn it into something else. Happening. Right. Now, here's three benefits. There's more than this, but here's the three biggest benefits that I can find that jubilee provides. Number one, all the land goes back to its original owner. That's a good thing. That means if you rent it and you're renting off somebody and you're renting their house, that house is not theirs. The earth belongs to the Lord. So your dad actually owns the place. And somebody took the house. So I'm believing in the year of Jubilee that the land is going to go back to its original owner. Come on, somebody help me right now with this. This is not erroneous information. This is true stuff if you put your faith on it. So yeah, if you put your faith on it. If it goes it. back... And if you don't get it, owner, it's because your faith is really bad. Here, this is what I said. It's weak. The wealth of the center is laid up for the just. Now, the wealth of the center is not going to bring us the money. Like all these billionaires. Like Warren Buffett's not going to go, okay, here's my money. Not going to happen. But even a lot of these billionaires that you see, they don't leave money to their kids. They're like, I, I want them to work for it like I did. I ain't leaving any money to them. Oh, what a horrible dad. Come on, somebody. I would not. 
Oh, you would never get a Father's Day card from me. <laughs> Tell the client, well, I don't think I agree with that. Wait. Yeah, we, he's talking about you. You're getting no money. Come on, somebody. Go with me on this right now. But your father's not a father that restricts the flow. Your father's like, any kind of break I could give to you, I'm going to give it to you. And any kind of opportunity I could give to you, I'm going to give to you. And this is exactly, this is exactly what God did in this. Why are they all clapping? Because they want a Santa Claus God. They do, exactly. Yeah. They want their ears tickled. Them. That's exactly what I'm seeing. Yep. Six-day war with Israel when they wanted to get their land back and they couldn't. The people had oppressed Israel. And come on, in 1947, all of a sudden, a supernatural breakthrough comes and they have their year of ju Jubilee and now they get placed back in their land. And then, God bless America, now the embassy was brought back, which is prophetic to God's kingdom for him coming back. Somebody ought to shout amen. That just happened. So, so here's what I'm saying. Um, expect big things. So the land goes back to its original owner. That means supernatural things are going to happen to you. Second big thing is every slave is set free. Are you a slave to debt? Are you a slave to sin? Are you a slave to pornography? Are you a slave to opioids? Are you a slave to heroin? Are you a slave to marijuana? Are you a slave? What are you a slave to? Every slave gets set free. You're a slave to mom pants. <laughs> to bad fashion. But you have to acknowledge it. The first part of it is just admitting that you have a problem mm. with fashion. Hi. My name is David Crank, and I wear my mom's pants. I must admit, the window pane pattern does not <laughs> does not look good on me. Does not benefit me in any way. Gee, that's the sun is set free. Ow, ow, I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. That's Todd all White. this stuff lining totally up. Totally Todd White. I'm ready to sing. I can tell you that right now. That's good. Then the third biggest thing that I love is it says every single debt is completely relinquished. You know, I, I remember stuff like this. At the charismatic church, yeah, you know, that there was like this announcement of this thing that's going to yeah. happen, and then a year later, it's completely forgotten, and nobody talks about nobody it. Nobody talks about it because it gets it didn't swept happen. under the rug. Yep. And how are they going to acknowledge it? They can't. They they actually have you on this treadmill, and a new mm -hmm. thing comes along, and they get you all hyped up about the new thing, partially I think, so that you don't. And then now talk you look, and fifteen years later, you're older and more yep. broke, yep, and not knowing what happened, yep. But you do know that Jesus died for you, and you still have that. Lord willing. Lord willing. Yeah. So I, I want us to say, all right, God, I believe that the land's going to go back to me. And, and every slave is going to go free, and every single debt would be relinquished. And the neat thing about... So anybody can apply this in any way they want it to. Right. You know, uh, what if you were really foolish and lazy, and because of that, you lost things? He's telling those people... You just got to claim it. Well, because my pastor who hears directly from God told me that if right. I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to get back all the stuff that I lost through my own irresponsibility and foolishness and laziness. Well, or you're working really hard and life is really hard yeah. and you have a bunch of debt because of medical bills or other things because of the cost of living. And he's telling you, don't worry, God's going to take care of it and you're going to go debt free. And, and they don't have to be lazy. You don't have to. We weren't no, lazy. I, that's true. But he's 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 kind of making the case that when these things have happened to you, you know, to cause these. In other words, you're in a place right now with these difficulties, and he's starting with the assumption that none of those things are your fault. Those are all these bad things that happened to you because of the devil. So now we've announced this new thing that we yanked out of the Old Testament to say that if you just claim it and appropriate it for yourself, yeah. now all those things that happen to you, even if they're your own fault, yeah. are going to be removed. But you're right. There are many times where 
you know, you're in debt and it's not your fault. You had a health issue, you know, you, your business you got fails. Fired. Yeah, your business fails. We've had all sorts of yes. things like that. And we've worked very hard. And it's, it's and they were wrong. They were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were wrong. And, and we painful. were wrong listening to them. Right. And so then we reaped we we you know, we we reaped what we sowed into them. Yeah. Which, which was nothing. false teaching. Which was emptiness. Emptiness. And That's confusion. Right. Yes. The Jewish people is this. Is that every seven years, whatever they lost came back. So if they screwed up, all they had to be a prisoner for at max was seven years. And if they had to sell their farm, they sold it to somebody, and they're like, never want my farm. Now they don't have enough to pay the debt, so there goes their goats, there goes their herd. Now they got to sell their children into slavery. We know the story of Joseph and so on. So they had to sell their children into slavery, but the worst case scenario... Why was Joseph sold into slavery? It has nothing to do with that. Has nothing to do with this. They His brothers care. sold him because they were jealous. Yeah. Just wanted to. Yeah. Just wanted to fix the non the, the problem with truth here. Oh, and he the loves problem, the Bible. The pro, yeah. He loves the Bible, and he's telling people you got to get into your Bible more. And he can't even get the story of Joseph right. It was seven years because every seven years God said the land. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, guys. It actually belongs to me, and they're my children. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to repossess the land from you. Every seven years, by legal law, you have to forfeit the opportunity to stay there. because every. And the Jewish people were guilty of not following the laws that God gave them. They weren't even doing that like God wanted them to. Hmm. Seven years, no matter how screwed up my kids get, I'm going to give them their land back, their dog back, their goat back, their kids back. Everything's coming back because at the end of the day, it's mine. Why are they clapping again? Because he's claiming they're going to get stuff. Right, right. You are going to get stuff. Right. I told you how I'm hearing from God. I pulled stuff out of Scripture to make you think this is biblical. And I convinced you over and over again for 32 minutes about how you should trust me. Mm -hmm. And now he's making promises to them. And they're mm -hmm. clapping because they think now they're going to get stuff. Come on, somebody shout amen. This, it sounds unfair, and it is unfair if you're playing for the other team. But if it's your dad who loves you and gave himself for you, it is your super blue banner year jubilee. Come on, somebody shout amen to that. This is also the dad analogy like Jesse Duplantis uses, mm -hmm. all the Word of Faith people. Your dad just wants to give you nice stuff. Mm-hmm. What dad wants to spoil his kids so they turn into brats? Yeah. Exactly. But that's the portrait of God that he's giving them. Mm -hmm. God just wants to give you everything. Mm -hmm. And anything bad that's happened to you, it's never your fault. See, right? It's never because you're lazy or irresponsible or foolish. It's because the devil, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Whatever. And God's going to fix that exactly. because I just said this thing is happening now. Yeah. Right now. I right, ten. Come on. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Oh, yeah. So what's what, what was stolen is restored back to the He wishes he was black, basically what's happening here. The original owner. The seven year cycles to fifty. So here's what I tell you is going to happen. Oh, he's gonna predict the future. That's nice. Every prisoner will be set free. Whatever you're bound with now, start breaking up with it. Tell us that the letter's gonna work out. Probably September, you don't have to move out. I'm talking, you're talking to Jack Daniels right now. Come here, Jack. <laughs> September, now I'm going to keep drinking. So, until he announces this new program that God gave him, they weren't able to break their problem of alcoholism. Or it's, whatever the whatever. problem is. Yeah. Because I mean, they they don't know the right they don't know right and wrong or know that yeah. there's a problem or not. Right. No. It, it's it was too big. They couldn't overcome it. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit wasn't able to do anything right. back then. Right. But since the year of jubilee things now it's ramped that's up. Gonna, right. Yeah. It's September. But September, I'm gonna have to sing you a song. I downloaded it on Spotify. 
And it says, hit the road, Jack. Please don't say. He'll come back. No more, no more, no more. Okay. You're saying, I'm going to be breaking up with you, depression. I'm going to be breaking up with you, oppression. I'm getting ready to break up with you because I'm not going to be a prisoner anymore because it started in September all the way to January, uh, December 31st, 2020. I'm, gonna get, I'm telling you, it's going to be so good. Some of you kind of look depression like, I hope so. God, I hope so. But until then, I'm at least going to keep half Jack next to me. I'm not going to do Jack Daniels, but I'm going to do Jack in the Box. I'll split the difference with you. So you say, no, no, no. My expectations got to get high. I got to be like the woman with the issue of blood. I got to look and say, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made free. The land will come back to me on a permanent basis. I'm not a servant. I, I, I'm not a slave. I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. He loves me. He gave himself for me. It's time for me to be released. So, that was the persona that the woman who was hemorrhaging for yeah. many, like, what, 10, 20 years, touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and he said, who touched me, and she was afraid. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that scripture verse, but that that's what happened. And he said, you've got to be like the woman oh, yeah. who touched you've Jesus, because it's mine, and it's mine, and I deserve Grab this. onto it. I grab onto it, and that's I right. claim it. It's mine. It's like... That was not her disposition. We, she knew that if she had any hope at all, it would be through Jesus. And if she could just touch the hem of his garment because he was who he said he was, she knew. And she wanted to be anonymous. It, right? Yeah. He's <gasps> saying you got to be bold like she right? was. Right. I said it's time for me to be released. Study the- you know, one of the things that people often ask is, are these guys doing this on purpose? Right. I have no idea. Right. I think that there's a mixture of he knows he's being deceitful. He knows that he's yanking stuff out of context. But at the same time, he's so delusional himself. Yeah. And he's so living in a fantasy world mm-hmm. that he doesn't even and, have the awareness. And he doesn't have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit would stop you from lying to a crowd of people that you call a church year after year after year. And it seems to me that because of a conversation I had that I won't really go into, but... Which one was that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... He's maybe, you know, doing a little bit of a white lie, but that's just to make a point. Yeah. And if I can get the point across right. of what God wants me to say, then he's okay with me lying or, or embellishing this little fact. Because it's normal. Right. It's See, normal yes, for you to, and I've to exaggerate. That. Yes. Because, yeah, you know, the important thing is that people get worked up and they have, well, this, and they that have that expectation. They, they have the underlying message that God wanted them to hear through me because... God told it to me. So if I have to embellish this a little bit and it's a little off, it's okay. Because God wants them to know the message. Because the Word of God isn't enough in and of itself. We have to embellish the truth to aid the Word of God. Yep. In in Leviticus 25, especially when it comes to you getting out of prison. I'm all for you getting a Cadillac, but that's nice. I'm all for you getting a better home, and that's nice. But here's what concerns me. I I, I, I will be 50 this year. Now that I'm 50, he's got a hang-up about getting old. Preaching to people... Preaching to people about being blessed would be a blessing to them. Man, was I ever way off. Man, it's the worst thing that could happen to you. Mm. Worst thing that could happen to you is wow. you'd be able to buy a $100,000 horse because you'd always want to go see your kids ride it. What is he? Because they'd have the best trainers and you'd win all the awards and then, of course, you'd have to have the best. I'm lost. He just took a giant leap there. <laughs> what in the heck? Because they'd have the best trainers and you'd win all you'd always wanted. 
thing that could happen to you. Let's uh, let's put this on normal oh. speed again because I want I want you to see how dramatic he's being here. Getting warm. So we we turn off all of the fans and everything because it makes noise. Because it makes noise, and I get warm because I get worked up. Yeah. <laughs> Worst thing that could happen to you is you be able to buy a hundred thousand dollar. If they're blessed. So he said that he thought, just go back a little bit more. Yeah, because he frames it. He, he frames thought it. people would like it when they... T Basically, I know where he's going. I don't remember Let's, this part, but he's going to say that, you know, when you start talking about prosperity, you know, people turn against you. Well, that's what he started. Okay, just okay. listen. Things look a little different to me. Because I used to think preaching to people, preaching to people about being blessed would be a blessing to them. Man, was I overwhelmed. Oh, really? Poor fellow. It's the worst thing that can happen to you. Is that why I have to wear the pants? Worst thing that could happen to you is you be able to buy a hundred thousand dollar horse because you'd always want to go. He's being sarcastic. See your kids ride it because they'd have the best trainers and you'd win all the awards and then of course you'd have to have the best accoutrements to go with it. And you'd have to get sponsored by Rolex after all. You're a winner, so that happens. And now you're so busy with all your stuff and all your rich friends. You wouldn't know God if he came in and said, Hey, hey, I'm God. Um, I wouldn't want my friends to associate with you because you were just talking to a hooker. You you have church in a high school? I have no idea. I, I can't do that. I need a church with a steeple. And it needs to be in Ladue. I need, I need, I need my, my minister needs to have all these degrees. Well, your, your minister has more degrees than, than a thermometer, but you never go hear him, so what good would it do you? Wow, what a straw man. Go for it. I mean... I've been, had so much chocolate. He's wearing his mom's time. pants and shoes. No socks. <laughs> <laughs> and his church is the one that is doing the important things that God mm -hmm. wants it to, to do mm -hmm. because God is directing him personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, God's driving this car of this faith church and david crank is the steering wheel and he's mm -hmm. just being moved by the holy spirit and all the other churches are people that don't even want to show up and their pastors have all these degrees that don't matter because uh, all they care about is being rich and having a steeple and having lots of theological degrees this is a man who is very insecure some of your uh, water very insecure yeah you'd think that and then you look at how he's dressed and you're thinking if you're insecure why would you do that why would you embarrass yourself right. that way i, I guess know. he thinks it's right i don't know i don't either so I'm just here to tell you that... Now they're clapping for themselves because they're better than this fictitious straw man church environment that he's created. Because I'm guessing that, you know, their whole emphasis is we're going to get the unchurched to come to church. And so how do you get them to, to like your church? Is you talk about all those bad churches out there that many of these people maybe never even went to and don't even know if they actually exist. They just have been taught, you know... It's the other, right? the bad people out there, but we're the good people in right. here because he said so. But God... That's not a cult. No. no. ...wants to bless you if you will be in proper alignment with the blessor. But if it's just so you can get better seats and, and box seats to the blues game, and there's nothing wrong with that. One of our biggest donors has box seats to the blues game. Well, then he why does why all these humble brags, exactly. Why, why even bring Is that it even up? a humble brag? No, it's just a brag. It's just a brag. Yeah. And I go when I'm really hungry to eat a bunch of cool food. I'm not against that when it's in I go to the, because he said one of the guys there. Yeah, one of the donors. Yeah, has a, has box, a box seat. 
you know, because that's where you go in and they have so, all this catered food and so you're in a glass box. So he's talking and about you're, all and the... you get to watch it all and you're you're treated VIP. I, I worked for a company that did that for other right. companies. So I had to be there as a sales rep and, and see what how they were just, you know, catered to. And so he's saying, yeah, I only go when I want some really good food or cool food. So he starts by saying you shouldn't want those things. Yeah. But then he says, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I like those things too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you could contradict yourself any better than that. He's amazing. Alignment, but it's offensive to God if you're like, God, I'm broken. My marriage is messed up and I love you and I just want to serve you. And I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord and spend one day in your house and a thousand elsewhere. And then God blesses us and we're like, oh, I don't need to serve. I don't need to go to church. Come on, somebody ought to help me. I don't need God. It's very offensive. So I pray God doesn't bless you until you can handle it. And I'm a blessed man. I just want to linger on that position for a moment. <laughs> Until you can handle it. God doesn't bless you. Until you can handle it. Can you handle... And I'm oh, a that's so bad. And my priority has always been, and always will be. What is your priority? Oh, is oh. it? They all preach, you know why? Because I'm a preacher. My dogs preach. My staff preaches. Everything about you ought to... So he doesn't talk about Jesus the whole time. He misuses the Bible to talk about things that should be about Jesus, but he turns them into things that are about him. And now he's bragging about how much he likes to preach about Jesus. And everybody that he knows does. His children do, Even his, his dog. dogs, yeah. yes. This is an applause line. This isn't reality. No, it's not reality. Yeah. Preach. My pants preach. Come on, somebody that's screaming right now. Ha! Ah! Ah! His pants preach. Yeah, they preach something, but it ain't Jesus. It is not Jesus. <laughs> not Jesus. <laughs> Everything about Put in the comments. What yes, do you, what do you think? What do you think that uh, David Crank's, pa uh, Pastor David Crank's pants are preaching? There's a lot of peas in there. Peas in there. Yeah. Pastor, Pastor's pants are preaching. There you go. What is, what is Pastor's pants preaching? He's not a pastor. No, he's not. Perhaps you ought to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is coming. Jesus is our king. Jesus is our jubilee. Jesus can do anything. I'm telling you, I'm ready to see more people get out of wheelchairs. I'm ready to see more backsliders come in. I'm ready to see God turn this city upside. Why don't you just show all the people coming out of the wheelchairs now? It's been three years. Yeah. Why don't you just do it instead right. of, oh, I know why, because this is simply an applause line. Right. This is not reality. Yeah, I'm ready to evangelize the world. I prophesy over us. How could you evangelize the world when you're not even evangelizing the people in this room right now? Right. You're telling them stuff that has nothing to do with the gospel. Right. You haven't taught the gospel at all. None. Does he do it at the end? I don't know. I'm afraid to even... These are our banner years. Stick with us. We only got a few more minutes, folks. Yeah. And we have a super jubilee coming where every dad is canceled. Every prisoner goes free because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Can I say it? Say it one more time. Jesus! You know, I was just talking about how I don't know what's going on and <laughs> why he's doing what he's doing. I don't know what's going on. What are we doing here? I mean, if you take a take it apart and just, you know, critically think about the things that he has said and yeah. now what he's doing here. Yeah. This is a total act. Yes. I mean, I mean, remember I said I, people become delusional because yes. they actually believe their own lies. Yeah. 
Maybe that's what this is at best. But that last little bit about cheering about Jesus and saying absolutely nothing. Right. Jesus is whatever he, what do you think he is? He's that. Yeah. You want a new car? That's Jesus. I, I don't care. Whatever you want. It's Jesus. He hasn't clearly explained who Jesus is, even when he had Bible passage, passages that would have done so. Right. Yeah. Y'all keep standing. That'll encourage me to shut up. <laughs> Jubilee. You're going to hear a lot about it. Just Today I was working out at Planet Fitness is awesome, dude. And the reason why I do is because I, I work there. I, I, I have a little card that basically says that I'm like an owner-employee type of thing. I do whatever I want to do because the guy, John Clancy, who owns most of them, he lives in West Palm. You've got to get that again. Most of them. Employee. I, I, working out at Planet Fitness is awesome. Just normally at a church service, <laughs> you would read scripture passages, you would preach a sermon on the scripture passages, yes. and then you would maybe close with a hymn or yeah. a prayer to God. Yes. He's talking about him working out. And Planet and, Fitness. And the guy who owns it, most of the yeah, Planet Fitness. Yeah, that's his guy. And he yeah, gave him a special card. Oh, yeah. And he can do whatever he wants. What is this sermon about, honey? He just was a talking narcissist? about... Yes. So the, and I just said how he's cheering about Jesus yeah. was an act. Right. He's proving it. Yes, he is proving and it. And I didn't. I don't think I watched it all the way to the end, or if I did, I don't remember. I put things out of my mind like that. I it's know a, I do too. It's, it's a protective measure. Numbing. Yes. <laughs> Today I was working out at Planet Fitness as often do, and the reason why I do is because <laughs> this is the closing prayer. Today I was working out. I got We got to hear this again. This is. I, I had this thing where when something's really horrible but yet strangely humorous, I like to drive it into the ground. Beating a dead horse. Yeah. You're gonna hear a lot about it. Hmm. Just because he looks like today he's I was working out at Planet Fitness as often do. And the reason why I do is because I, I work there. I, I, I have a little card that basically says that I'm like an owner employee. Type of thing. Do whatever I want to do because the guy, John Clancy, who owns. Oh, I, I think I know what he's going to do. He's got the card from the owner. So if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a card from the owner. You can do whatever you oh, want okay. to do. Am I right? Yes. Most of them. <laughs> let's let's he, fast forward it. That's a really good idea. Yes, we're almost done. Hang yeah. in there. Yeah. Let's just do this. Cult leader, ankles, mom pants. <laughs> I met John. Heck is sick. A few years back. <laughs> John told me the story that he was the second guy. If you've seen the movie Wolf on Wall Street, very bad movie. But the second guy in command, that was John Clancy in real life. And John was a, a crook on Wall Street and had prostitution. I'm not surprised he's a good friend of David Crane. <laughs> all the very bad stuff. And he had access to all these beautiful women, all these beautiful cars, and living just a party life. But he met this prettiest girl he'd ever seen in his life, and he fell in love with her. And he went to the ghetto where she lived in New York. And his in the ghetto. And he was going to steal his Rolex and hurt his car to pick her up. When John knocked at the door... Her dad answered and said, first thing out of his mouth is, boy, do you know Jesus? How many of y'all know this is a problem? Do you know Jesus? He's like, so, he kind of blew past the guy. Every time he'd be like, boy, do you know Jesus? Boy, do you know Jesus? Then his whole life fell apart. Now he's getting ready to go to prison with all the rest of the guys. And he's in the jail cell. When he's in the jail cell, he said, God, that girl that I married, her dad never would give up on me. She always told me about Jesus. And Jesus, if you're real, if you get me out of here, I will, quote, I will be your foot soldier forever. He said, PD, within five minutes, the door opened. They said, we're letting you out until trial. And he's like, oh. so he said, how's all my best behavior? I was walking to his mansion there, and, we, and his shower's really big. And he said, right there is where I praise God every day in that shower. And he said, wait a minute, I just lied to you. I just lied to you. Watch the integrity. I don't praise God every day in there. 
I do most days. And that told me that he broke himself from lying. The best way to get over lying is when you lie is to tell somebody. You know, I've been talking to you for five minutes and everything I said was a lie. He, lie you would know you about this, David Come on, somebody else. Just lie. Tell lie. It was good. You believed it, didn't you? Huh? So, so John says, I'll be your foot soldier. So now, through the trial, he loses everything. But he experiences Jesus, which is the Jubilee. And now, he says, Jesus, I will be your foot soldier. And Jesus told him, go to prison once a month, five hours away in your little junk station wagon and play Monopoly with that other guy that's in prison. So he would go and play Monopoly with the guy, which I mean, you know, that's, that's a good extended day. And after a few of those, the guy looked at him and said, hey, John, I got an idea. Uh, I got a little bit of money, but I got an idea to start a gym called Planet Fitness. And in prison, play Monopoly, those two guys got together. And guess what? Their whole life is completely different. Because, guess what? The prisoner, the captive, was set free because he came in contact with Jesus, the Jubilee. So I'm telling you, if God did it for the Wolf on Wall Street, somebody help me right now. If he's done it for the worst of people, he'll do it for you. You're here on a Tuesday night, World Pump. Who's going to grab it with your faith today? Who's going to pull it out of the heavens and say, God, I believe it's my Jubilee. I believe my deaths are going to be canceled. I believe that the next 16 months starting in September are going to be breakthrough times for me. I'm going to go on an accelerated release program on a permanent basis to be free. That's it. That's it. That was the gospel. No salvation for you. No salvation. No but, but, uh, gospel but, for you. No you, gospel for you. No gospel for you. But you might get a pair of mom pants. Let's end here. Some of your ways. No, Let's I'm find sorry. a good shot. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he found it for sixteen months. <laughs> And he says that his pants preach Jesus. Yeah, I don't remember that part. That's something. That should, we should put that. What Bible verse is that? Hesitations 5-9? <laughs> his nine? dog is, preaches Jesus. Everybody preaches Jesus except him. Yeah. Yeah, he says he preaches Jesus, but he preaches himself. So. And it's a weird prosperity message with a little bit of, you know, like the he points occasionally to you need to be humble or, or like this guy lost everything, but then he became a millionaire. So if you're sincere about following Jesus, whatever that integrity. means, then you'll become a millionaire too, right. or something. Something. What about the fact that you deserve hell, and, and God is holy, and you're not? What about right. the fact that you're a sinner right. who is in danger of suffering in hell because of the wrath of God? Right. He doesn't mention that. Right. And this is really the, the core of Christianity. It's about how we have rebelled against God, and we deserve to be punished by God. But instead of him punishing us, he took the punishment upon himself. So Christ came to atone. That word atone is a actual thing from the Old Testament when they slaughtered animals. Mm-hmm. He could have used that reference. He read it, but he ignored the meaning. Right. So he could apply it to himself. But it, atonement is when you're you're paying the uh, cost of the, the sin. You're, you're paying the penalty of sin. You're atoning for it. So I think it would be good to end with some real scripture. Um, John three sixteen. That's could a great have, one. You could have just read this. Yeah, that would have yeah, that would have taken a fraction of the time, and it would have said something. Yes. So John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world through him might be saved through him. So it says, the 18, the one who believes in him is not judged. The one who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people loved 
the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, so that his deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light, so that the deeds will be revealed as having been performed in God. That is Jesus. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for suffering with us. Remember all the playlists that I've got? I've got a ton of playlists. I mean, yeah. I keep finding things and saying, oh, I should organize this in a playlist because this might be something that people are interested in. And I can't answer, we can't answer all of your questions. But in those playlists, in our recommended channels, we have some really good yeah. channels that we recommend that are covering some of the topics that we can't cover. Uh, you see that right in the uh, YouTube homepage you see those yeah. recommended links and if you click on it there's more than just the ones you see on the homepage i think we've got like 18 or more yeah channels and um we also are making uh patreon extra videos yes. if you'd like to support what we're doing and if you if you want to do that but you can't because you don't have any money and you're super broke just let me know send an email we have a contact form at the messed up church yeah. website and also a reminder that the messed up church website has a lot of resources that are yes. super helpful but you got to use them right don't say, hey, do you have anything about blah, 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 blah? Type it in, look it up. That's what you got to do. You got to take responsibility yeah. for yourself. And we're doing our best to try to help you provide all the resources yep. and stuff. So we appreciate your prayers and your support and Very your love. Yep. And we look forward to seeing you guys again. Thank you. God bless you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Basta! It's lifting. Are you listening? Oh, oh shut up.